Hey friend, and welcome. This is Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am uber duper excited about you being equipped and anchored in Jesus Christ. That is what this podcast is about, us becoming courageously faithful to follow Jesus Christ and doing that well. I'm so excited for you to hop into this podcast as we, for the whole summer, are talking about the blessed life of the disciple. Let's go. Matthew 5, verse 21 through 22. You have heard it said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. This week, we are further expounding on the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning of the blessed life that Jesus talks about in Matthew 5. This poor in spirit, blessed are those, Jesus says, who are poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The beginning of our alignment with the Lord is to get as low, to get as empty, to be at a place where we have none of us and it's all of Jesus. Well, that includes in our relationships. That includes the outworking of our faith. That includes how well we love those most difficult people that are involved in our lives today. Whether that's in our home, whether that's at your workplace, that's why you're driving and, and speeding and and frantically swerving around people, whether that's at the airport, I don't know where that is that is most challenging for you, but it is a stage play, an ability to play out this model of discipleship, this presentation of humility as a person, a disciple who is poor in spirit. Hey, podcast friend, I am so thankful that you are tuning in today and that you are here. Whether you are new, hey friend, or you have been rolling with me on this podcast for a while as well as the blog, listen, I am so thankful for you. You are prayed for. I pray for Courageous Radiance, not for Courageous Radiance, just to get this bigger, higher platform, lighter, uh, longer, deeper, wider base. Friend, my prayer is that your life gets so deeply rooted that if you think of taking a stroll into a neighborhood that has been around for 30, 40, 50 years, and you look at the tree that's in those front yards versus in the super new neighborhood just built, you know, no trees have formed here, just shipped in, that tree can be knocked over. I mean, it has to be held by by strings, by anchors, right? But the tree that has this deep-rooted system, it's already anchored. And it's a healthy system. That's my heart for you. Because as much as I would love to pray the storm away for you, as much as I would love just my superficial self to, to give you this false hope, the real me, the, the, the recovered me, I am a former, I am a recovering pretender, okay? And, and not because that was necessarily my goal, but I think I just didn't know anything else different. I think that I was just going in alignment with, 
hey, these are these are supposed to be what you run after. This is supposed to be the image that you portray. And for me, I wanted to portray that I got it. And it's something I still truly have not been completely healed. And maybe on this side of heaven, I won't ever be. I'm better at it. And I would love to say that, you know, when I when I think back a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, man, I, I've come a long way by the grace of God. And there's going to be some things in your life as well that you're going to say, I am, you know, completely, I, I have no drive or or desire for this. And there's going to be some other things that you think you're done until a life circumstance comes in and re-inflames that, that wound or re-triggers. And then there's going to be some things that, man, you just are like, man, I, I just prayed about this like 10 minutes ago. Why is this coming back up? So whatever the level is, I believe that Jesus is after our transformation, our inner level transformation, not the pretending, not the social media post worthy. I'm saying the courageous faith where we're willing to lose some worldly advancements, some worldly successes, some friends, unfortunately, family, maybe money, status, job, maybe this dream, this expectation. What is it that you're holding on to that is standing in the way of you surrendering all? So that's not what we're talking about today, but it was just on my heart to say that. So before I read the scripture, I did want to point you to CourageousRadiance.com. I would love for you to join the, the email subscribe list. There is a free, we're praying the names of God this month of June, as well as every month. There's a prayer calendar, there's free resources, and this is for your equipping. These are resources for your time with the source, for your time studying his word, as Joshua 1 tells us, to meditate on it day and night. So y'all, Courageous Radiance is about your faithfully digging in to Jesus at all costs. So this blessed life, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 that was discussed the last couple weeks and just going to really build from that all summer. And although I read the first, so there's eight of them that Jesus gives these they're not ideals. They're, they're literally realities. They're definers. They're, they're characteristics of a disciple, not in a linear format. Like if you do this one, you get this one, you get this one. Not that necessarily, but these are all ways that show a distinctive core level, depth level of Jesus is like number one in this person's life. This person is not just saying that they believe in Jesus, that they're a Christian on their tax form or that they, you know, wear a cross or wear a Jesus t-shirt or go to church on Easter and Christmas, or, you know, they say, how I pray for you. But then when you look at their life, their inner level life, their, the integrity of their inner life that no one sees, but God, no one. And see, that's why I'm really, again, this is kind of, I'm be transparent, just this recovering. Uh, 
I, I don't believe my motive was for fame and glory that I was protecting my, you know, I don't know, just like what you thought about me, but, or what I look like, my, the, the perceived Brittany, but in, in true honesty, it was really a more so about, I don't want to be weak. You know, weakness comes with you thinking I can't handle it. And oh, no, I got this. I'm Shebra. I juggle. Okay. I'm sure I'm in a circus act somewhere. I can handle 18,000 things and do it well. You know, that's how I do. I mean, that, again, I just don't think <laughs> this was something. I'm, I'm making this a joke, but in all seriousness, I didn't want to rely on God. I didn't want to ever need any other person as well. So I created this, this persona of, strong, you know, independent woman. And it's just a shame that I really did follow Destiny's Child in like late 90s, early 2000s. And then I I was done by like, I don't know, whatever that B-Day album was. But it's a shame because that just like refueled me that, yeah, I'm a survivor. I'm a, you know, or independent woman. Like that was me all day long, all day. Okay. And God is like, I can't, no, I'm going to be sitting over here waiting for you. And when, you know, everything come crumbling, let me know when you're ready. And that's exactly really my elevator testimony story that I would tell somebody who doesn't believe is, and, and this is really the, the, the hope, my prayer, the initiative, the passion, my interest for, for women is to be anchored courageously, faithfully anchored before the storm. Something's coming. I don't know when. And and I would love to give you this false hope and just this prayer that you're just going to have this amazing life. But I mean, I just can't biblically find that. That's just not accounted for in scripture. And I want to love well. And by doing that, I want to point you to our Lord and Savior, who is like, get anchored. And I'm all that you need. So what we read last time was Jesus' description of this blessed life in just the first part, which um, was found in Matthew 5, verse 2. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And honestly, we're not going on to verse 4, which will be next week. I got so many questions and converse, and I had a lot of conversations on this last podcast. And, and honestly, this has just been, and when I'm thinking of my, my journey with the Lord, this has been something I have wrestled with. And then I'm, and then I'm, I wouldn't say that I've arrived <laughs> and, and maybe I won't ever on this side of heaven. I would definitely, definitely looking back a year ago, I'm better two years, goodness, five, oh, lots better. But to say, yeah, I'm good. You know, I, I got this. No, I'm I'm not going to say that. This is so imperative. And, and I don't know if that's why Jesus put this first, but blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And let's flip to um, 
James. Chapter two, I'm like, where is it? Um, chapter two. And it's really this. Okay. You know how like you think like you got it and like you're like this master level expert, you know, Mr. Miyagi type person and you got it and you doing it and, and oh, I'm already healed from that. And then for me, just I'm be just me. Maybe this ain't even you. But for me, what it does is it creates judgment. I, I can be a judgy person. I really can, if I'm being honest. I can be very judgy where it's like, oh, ooh, you struggling with that? Oh, good luck with that. Or, you know what I mean? Or for me, it's like cutting people off if they at all offend me, harm me. Like I regularly have to pray to not be offended. It is something I have to do very intentionally. But in James 2, um, chapter chapter 2, verse 10, for whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. And it James refers to parts of this Sermon on the Mount. So this was huge for me because it was like, oh, like I like need Jesus, need Jesus. And this was, I don't know when this revelation came, it came a while ago, but it's something that I, it humbles me. It re-humbles me all of the time because again, it's like this, this writing off of people, this despising of people. And Jesus calls this murder. And this is in a part of this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, uh, starting in verse 21. And Jesus equates not murder there's bloodshed that you can see somebody's going to the, to the ICU, the hospital. This is murder in your heart. And I, I do that all the time. I mean, maybe again, and this is where the old me would be like, oh, I don't do that. I'm so like, I went to church. I went to Bible study. I read my, you know, like I would just tell you about what I'm reading. Oh, I'm studying the book of John. Like I would tell you all these great things that I'm serving, these initiatives that I'm doing. I would like fill the gaps, right? Of this. It, but if you, so in, in ICU, I'm an, I'm a nurse in ICU. I think of a necrotic wound. And if all I'm seeing is this packed dressing on the outside, that don't mean like we, based on the wound care regimen, we might need to change that every 12 hours, you know, so therefore once a shift, once a day, but you're pulling out all the packing and, and, you know, cleaning, irrigating the wound and putting all the creams and all the silver and et cetera, all this. Why? And you need to assess that tissue. Is it granulating? Is it, which means, is it new tissue that's forming? It's, it's, it's beautifully red. It's, 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 or is it dead? Is it, is it dying tissue? And this is so important because from the outside, it might, it might look good and you can have uh, an, a, a stage four that's tunneling. And just, again, this is nursing lingo. But what this means is from the outside, you might not even know that that wound is literally beginning to eat itself in and you can't see it until you get all the way in. But I say that to say, man, I think we do very good. And especially in this day and age of, of social media of being great pretenders. And I, again, I'm a recovering pretender and just different conversations I had over this last week, over this, and, and just in my own quiet time, I guess the question I have for you are, is there's is two. Who's your enemy, girl? 
Who is she? Who is he? Is it a system? Is it? A, I mean, what is it? Who Who is on your hit list? Like, you know, a dream level that you would like take them down. You know, who is it that you keep replaying that tape and you're like, oh, this is how I would have said it. And if I would have said it this way, it would have been. Yep. That's, you know, when you're like, dang, I wish I could have got this one last word in. Who is that person? Who are those people? Maybe it's plural, right? It might not have even been recently, but who is it that is irritating to you? That's like inwardly despised, hating, judging. You just, you, you literally think of what they stand for, what they've done and you despise it, which means you, you're judging it. You're saying, how dare them do this or be this? And you're not saying, I'm not saying this, but because I've judged as, as Jesus, you know, reminds us to, to look at the log in our own eye versus the speck in our enemies. I'm essentially saying, oh God, I'm ready to pull up the the chair at your table with, you know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, you know, and just kind of give y'all my assessment of, of who I think it needs to go down. Right. So I bring this up this week, just as an extension of this blessed are the poor in spirit, because this is not just necessarily we don't want to miss, we don't want to miss that we can compartmentalize things. So I treat people, this is again, I, I guess it's just my confessional to this week. <laughs> I, I have to be intentional. I can't pretend this. This is, this is why we need to be with the Father. And this is why we also need to be studying scripture. I cannot pretend this. I can only do this in Brittany's strength for like a good two days. But I can't love my enemy well. I cannot um, be, you know, when you think of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit with, with being patient. I, I just don't do that well if I'm not aligning, spending time with God, spending time in his word and loving my enemies. See, I just want to like be over here, just like completely all of the Bible in in John, you know, as I'm studying is all highlighted 18,000 colors. And I got all of my, my columns filled. I've got a journal. I'm completely like in my word. I am studying, studying. I am spending time. I'm getting up early with God. I'm doing all of the things. But then I go to work and God's like, so how well did that go? You know, when you were reading Second Chronicles uh, 7, did you apply that? Like, how did that go? And I'm like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Right. So, I mean, but it's like this. I want to compartmentalize because it's easier. It's easier to be like, just sit here and check my box for my reading plan that I went to church, that I went to Bible study, that I'm in life group, that I'm starting to buy. I mean, all of the things versus actually applying it in my marriage. It is so easy to read and even memorize this Ephesians 5 verse 22, wives submit. But then like the first thing that my husband says to me, I don't be submitting. And if anything, I got like, you know, extra comments in my head that I did not say and that the Lord checks me on. So this follow me, this first level 
of, of discipleship. When Jesus says, come after me, follow me, come, all of the ways that he invited his disciples, he invites us over 2,000 years later now today. But that means shedding everything, friend. That is shedding your ideals. That's shedding everything, every part of you. And here's the thing. You ain't going to do it well. And you're going to have to probably do it every 10 minutes and re-up that maybe another 30 minutes or whatever that looks like for that day. But we do ourselves a disservice when we start to say, well, I can just do this part of Jesus and God, but I can still, you know, be over here in the gossip corner or I can be over here slandering um, over here. And that's the part where I'm like, that's not really getting to the lowest part of you. That core lo- level, as we were talking, the episode, if you have not listened to it, the episode before is John Ortberg with these three different levels of these faith convictions. And that's the core level, which is what Jesus is after. That's inner level transformation change. It's the, it's the, it's the place where Jesus really went from all of his ministry, even to again today, where we are today, that is what Jesus is after. He's not after the fake stuff. He's not even after what we think. You ever notice that you might say, oh, I didn't even know I still had that in me. That's where like, honestly, we could really believe more about ourselves than than what really is. And this is so important in terms of our shedding off, our getting low, us becoming desperate for Jesus, becoming so, so poor, so deeply needing God and not just making this be, oh, it's only this one little box. No, he wants full reign, full totality, every, every piece, every area he wants to be Lord of it. And this is real discipleship. This is real discipleship because while I have these different enemies or people I might not like, or people that irritate me, that rub me the wrong way, that have offended me, Jesus is like, I mean, you offend me all of the time and I still died for you. I think it's amazing that even as in on on the cross, he literally was like, God, as they were laughing and joking and taunting him, he's like, God, forgive them. They don't even know what they're saying. I mean, even the uh, the one of the prisoners, I don't know if it was the one on the right or the left that was even, you know, making jokes. And he clearly could have been like, let me just go ahead and prove to them, you know, real quick. And he's like, no, he went as low as possible. And he was, and he not was like, he's God. So I'm over here judging this person because they harmed me maliciously or unintentionally. But either way, I need to offer it with a poor spirit to God, remembering how much I offend God all of the time and not just be comfortable with, well, at least I prayed today. Well, at least I have my quiet time today. Well, at least I listen to, you know, this Christian music for a second. Well, at least I'm going to Bible study, you know, at 7 p.m. No, poverty in spirit is really realizing our inability to love like Christ all of the time. And here's the thing. No matter how many podcasts I listen to, no matter how many church sermons I go to and write journals on journals on journals, no matter what action I do, this will always come up lacking and short. We are desperate for Jesus. Thanks so much for tuning in today. 
in your quiet time this week, bring a notebook if needed, if there's just more than, than a few people to, to, to recall and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate who is on your hit list. Who's on that murder list that you might not touch a, a knife to, but inwardly, God is not pleased with the murder that is happening. Who is it that is preventing you from truly emptying yourself at the lowest level to model exactly what Jesus did? Because he left all splendor. There's so many things I love about Jesus. I mean, I don't even know where to start. But one of the things that I'm in awe of all of the time that I'm humbled by is he was fully God and fully man. He had the power, he had the authority to do it himself or do a double blink, triple blink or whatever the secret code is to all the legion of angels to come down and wipe people out. And he didn't. Why did he not? Because he was humble. In one word, he was humble and he loved. And friend, this is who we're called to follow. So I pray that your quiet time, that your prayer time, that your time in the word be edifying. And just know that I am cheering you on as you begin or continue to build your life upon Jesus Christ. Have a great week.